0: What do we want? Documentary! When do we want it? Now! Now. What do we want? Documentary! When do we want it? Now! Welcome, strangers, to Documentary,
1: a show where we get comfy, cozy, and crippled, watch documentaries, and then get together and talk about them.
0: Welcome, friends, to the 39th episode of Talkumentary. That's right, 39. Just like Jeff, we're almost 40. And uh, yeah, this this evening we are sitting in a Capitol building demanding equal rights for all human beings with a spectacular and special army of people who will settle for no less than fair treatment for all. Let's meet the crew for this sit-in. Across from me, we have Lady Katie. What's up, Katie?
2: Oh, you know, I'm here. I'm ready. I got my cushion, and I'm ready to sit in for as long as it takes. Let's do this.
0: Perfect. King James himself. Hello, sir. Hey, what's going on? Bow at your feet. <laughs> you know, hey. <laughs> Over there in the booth, we got Mr. Matty Boombladdy We don't have a microphone that oh. works for him. <laughs> so there we go. And listeners, friends. We have a very, very special guest with us this evening. They are an award-winning disability awareness consultant who has been featured on all sorts of media outlets, such as the BBC, that stands for the British Broadcasting, not what the other BBC uh, stands for, Uh, (laughs) CBC, Daily Extra, Gay Time UK, HuffPost, The Advocate, Everyday Feminism, Mashable, and Out.com, and a whole bunch of other cool shit. They were the subject of an award-winning documentary called Picture This, a sex-positive documentary about the uneasy dichotomy that disabled people face of feeling either invisible or like a freak show, especially with regards to their sexuality. A documentary, like I said earlier, that I would very much like to cover for our show someday and hopefully have them back to talk about it. They're the host of a kick-ass podcast called Disability After Dark, the co-founder of Bumpin', a sex toy company for the disabled, for and by disabled people. Strangers, let me introduce you to our new friend who proudly identifies as disabled, Mr. or do you prefer Mr.?
1: I like Mister Mister Works. All it's right, Mister Andrew
0: King. Gerza. Hello, <laughs> Hello my friend.
1: Hello. Thank you for having me.
0: Yeah, thanks for being here, man. Uh, I was a pleasure. I was super pumped when you agreed to join us for this episode. Um, you have a cool story, man, and you have a really kick-ass podcast, uh, doing a lot of great work um, for queer and disabled community and the queer disabled community. So uh, super stoked to have you here, man. Thank you so much. Such a pleasure to be.
1: To, to be on the other side of the mic and just be a guest, yeah, <laughs> always be more fun. I don't have to do any work.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're like I just have to watch a documentary that I've already watched three or four times and and, cool. and talk about it. That sounds pretty fun. Uh, is that I, I asked you this before we got microphones working? Is that Professor Xavier behind you? It's actually a picture, a painting that my brother drew of me as oh, Professor X. That's oh, amazing. Yeah. And who's We're, pushing you? Is that Gene?
1: Like. A pretend rogue person behind okay. me who was, okay. really, was not really there but he like had somebody stand in and pretend to be here to do okay. the painting
0: they should have so, done like like a uh like a a cross a cross-gendered or cross-dressed rogue or something like that to push you around Don't you think i
1: mean i mean I, that'd be pretty cool but this was <laughs> like 10 years ago okay, so gotcha. <laughs> I mean, now we redid it yes
0: yeah perfect yeah it's still very good yeah before we go any further, I want to make sure we get a few things out of the way real quick. Please go out, rate and review our podcast on your favorite podcast streaming services. Let us know what you think of our show. If you want to connect with our crew, look for at Documentary Podcast on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. Or we love hearing from you on email, info.documentary at gmail.com. If you are just chomping at the bit to, to join us on this show and you have a documentary you think would be really cool for us to cover
1: Ooh, is it? this is a great show i love it this is all good. right Thank you.
0: uh all right this week we traveled all the way to the catskill mountains in new york i feel like we've done a lot of documentaries that are out of new york which yeah. is fine it's a popular uh, place it's far away from us though yeah uh we joined a fascinating and inspiring group of disabled people as they let nothing stand in their way to a more accessible world for themselves and an entirely mar- and blah, 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 blah.
2: Matt you get that
0: To pave away <laughs> pave a more accessible world for themselves and an entire marginalized portion of our society. We watched a beautiful 108 minute long documentary released in 2020 called Crip Camp: A Disability Revolution. This film takes us back to the early 1970s, to the days before the Americans with Disabilities Act was put into law and long before it was enforced, and takes us to a wonderful hippie-led is summer it, camp.
1: Is it, is it enforced today? Question mark. I don't question know.
0: mark. Question mark. Question mark. Right. right. Yeah, I do, I so. I do lot, hope lot we get it, into that. A lot
3: that. of it is enforced today. A lot of it is.
2: We'll find out from mm-hmm. Andrew how much he's experienced.
3: Well, you experience experienced a lot by how much you can get around how susceptible do yeah. you have to like a lot of government programs and things like that? So the act has been it has been enforced, but it just has not been it has no teeth. Right. Mm. Exactly. That's and a good way needs, to put it. In my opinion, it needs teeth. Yep, yep, yep.
0: So uh this documentary takes us to a wonderful hippie-led summer camp called Camp Gen Ed. Designed for teens with disabilities and for some was their first taste of being treated like the unique, wonderful human beings they were and not just seen as a handicap. The experience at Camp Gen Ed drove these campers to grow into hard-hitting activists in the disability rights movement, and ultimately we follow their lead as they fight for accessibility legislation. Here is the trailer.
4: What, you want me to tell them what happened? Well, two people got clams, and they're group were all very hyper about it. I might have to go shower some people, I'll see you later.
5: I wanted to be part of the world, but I didn't see anyone like me in it. I hear about a summer camp for the handicapped run by Hair mm-hmm. Somebody said you probably all smoke dope with the counselors and I'm like,
3: sign me up.
4: Up to Camp Jeanette and find yourself. There I was, I was at Woodstock. You wouldn't be picked to be on the team back home, but at Jeanette, you had to go up the back. Even when we were that young, we helped empower each other. It was allowing us to recognize that the status quo is not what it needed to be.
5: The world always wants us dead. We live with that reality.
1: At the time, so many kids just like me were being sent to institutions. It was just a continual struggle.
5: Most disabled people, like myself, are unable to use public transportation.
1: We needed a civil
4: rights law of our own.
0: A rehabilitation program has been vetoed by the president because it was cost prohibitive.
4: We decided we were going to have a
0: demonstration.
4: You get the call to action. To the barricades small army of the handicapped have occupied this building for the past 11 days.
1: So many people from Camp
5: Jeanette found their way into the building. The FBI cut off the phones. The deaf people went, we know what to do. That's how we communicated to the people outside the building. The Black Panther Party would bring a hot meal. We were like this.
4: We are the strongest political force in this country. We will no longer allow the government to oppress the disabled individuals. And I would appreciate it if you would stop shaking your head in agreement when I don't think you understand what we are talking about.
1: What we saw at that camp was that our lives could be better.
4: If you don't demand what you believe in for yourself, you're not going to get it.
0: We like to
5: see um, Handicapped people depicted as people.
3: Excuse me.
2: <laughs>
0: that has to be one of my favorite trailers that we've listened to. The music is fucking sweet. Goosebumps. I again. Goosebumps all the way around. Um, what do you guys think? I mean, this this documentary, I mean, before we get too far into it. This was sweet. I mean, this was powerful. This was the start of of something really cool. And I'm also very interested, since we have someone with the experience uh in the world of having disability to see, like we talked about a little bit, how how far have we come since here and how far do we have to go uh as a society. So, but James, thoughts on this documentary, man?
3: Well, when I first heard it, I said, Oh boy. We got a group down a camp to have Crips. What about the camp for the bloods?
6: You know, that's what i
3: you know? Until I started, started looking uh listening to it. I'm like, oh, okay, this this is cool. Yeah. And the deeper I got into it, the more I got excited. Yep. The more I started looking up stuff. You know, I get to get to deep in then like wow. I use the word wow a lot. You guys anyway. I was like wow. wow. It was it was like wow look at this. Look <laughs> at Eye this. Eye opening. And not only that I was just telling a friend of mine about it. I said, "Man, look at this! I'm complaining about going to school and having troubles. Look at these people just jetting out. Mm-hmm. I mean, they don't only jet out; they go to a different to different place. Mm-hmm. You know. Anyway, I'm gonna stop right there for everybody to have the opportunity to talk. <laughs> no,
0: you're all right, man. I'm getting a little carried away. Sometimes. King James, we're you're, okay with that. You're good. So, Katie, this was a this was actually your choice, and we'll get into in a second why you chose this one, but. Did you love it as much as you thought you were going to
2: just so much more powerful than I could have even imagined. Like there's so many statements that hang in the air after they say them, like, I can't remember which one, um, who it was, but she said that was the first moment that I knew that I was disabled because somebody said it to her face and they said, Oh, are you sick? Because Uh you're still a person, Mm -hmm. but the outside, yeah, yeah, the outside world Mm -hmm. will identify you as only your disability and that's just earth-shattering and then the other statement of they want us dead i can't tell you how many people have come to me and said well you know eventually we just need to stop having babies with these genetic disorders and i was <laughs> like oh my god do you know you're talking about eugenics
0: right this is yeah. awful yeah.
2: so yeah this is a very powerful documentary and i'm really happy with it
0: for sure uh andrew when when you and i were talking about you coming on this show you told me you had already seen this like maybe three or four times and you four were times. four yeah. times. Yeah. And uh you wanted to come on and talk about it. Talk about, I mean, besides, you know, what might seem like the obvious, why is this, why does this mean so much to you?
1: I mean, I think the documentary is so important because and my favorite part of the documentary has to be the first 45 minutes where they're just a camp being campers and they're just
6: mm-hmm. living
1: their lives and they're talking about sex and they're talking about like yep.
2: getting
1: crabs and they're talking about like <laughs> you know being campers and they're talking about how their families don't let them express themselves or they don't have mm-hmm. privacy it's hard mm-hmm. to like do stuff and so the activism part is obviously really important but i really like clung on to the first 45 minutes of where they're just together talking about their lives because i went to a camp very similar camp Jeanette for years and years when I was a kid from about six to about 18, I went to a similar camp where it was a whole bunch of campers with disabilities. The staff was like 18, 19, 20. They, you know, they learned how to take care of us and they took care of us and we Mm -hmm. bonded like that. I mean, a lot of us didn't end up being, you know, super huge activists, but it was, it was very similar in the experience of like learning how to be, just a kid and learning how to have all those experiences, and so right. I really connected to that part of the film.
0: Yeah, and and while we got you talking about that, if you don't mind, and, and share as much as you're willing to, uh, would you mind telling us a little bit of your story and about your disability, and just so our listeners kind of have an idea of who you are and what what you're uh, what you're bringing to our our show today?
1: Yeah, yeah, of course. So my name is. Well, you know who i am <laughs> andrew. My name's andrew and i am a i'm a disability awareness consultant and my disability is spastic quadriplegic cerebral palsy which means for me that i can't walk and i need help with basically everything mm-hmm. everything in your day that you take for granted from eating dressing using the toilet brushing your teeth mm. getting a drink of water all those things i need help with so i i am what i what i refer to as Severely disabled, and, and I need a lot of help, and I need constant care. Um, and it, it plays a role in in my everyday life all the time. Yeah, I have to think about all that stuff.
0: Yeah, well, thank you for sharing. Um, and once again, I'm about to get into some of the credit information, but once again, I really appreciate you being here. I'm excited to get into this and, and to hear into some of your perspective. Um, so, yeah, thanks, man. No worries. I'm so I'm glad to be here. Good. <laughs> Uh, all right, so this was co-directed and co-written by Nicole Noon Noonim? Noonham? 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 Noonham. <laughs> Nicole Noonham and James Lebrecht. Uh produced by Nicole Noonham, James Lebrecht, and Sarah Boulder with executive producers, Tanya Davis, Piria Swamin. Oh my gosh. The name Butcher we strikes again.
2: I just gotta put it in Google
0: Translate and figure Swaminathan? it out. Swaminathan? Swaminathan? Howard Jertler and a couple no-name people named Barack and Michelle Obama. Do um, it again? What did they do? What did they know. produce? Yeah, I know. I don't think I've ever heard of them. No, I don't know who they are. <laughs> Thanks, Obama. <laughs> this film was a Higher Grounds production uh, Rusted Spoke, Little Punk, Just Films, and Ford Foundation's production distributed by and streamed on Netflix. Crip Camp scores a massively fresh 100% tomato meter on Rotten Tomatoes Hell with yeah. 100 reviews and an audience score of 91% with over 250 ratings. A fresh review from Sophie Monks, Monks Kaufman of Sight & Sound says, quote, A vital and joyful work that puts a lesser known part of American civil rights history on the map. Another fresh review from Dan Buffa of KSDX, uh, KSDK, I swear I can read, News in St. Louis says, quote, this documentary sneaks up on you, grabbing your interest with music and history, but keeping it with the candid footage of souls, both young and old, asking for acceptance. I would agree that these souls were demanding access as opposed to asking for acceptance, but still a very good review. Um... And one of the only slightly negative reviews, even though it still registers as fresh on Rotten Tomatoes, was by someone named Carla Hay of Culture Mix. They said, quote, the title Crip Camp, A Disability Revolution, is somewhat misleading because the movie is more about the revolution than it is Mm -hmm. about the camp. The movie itself is an inspiring but unevenly edited documentary. So I think if that's the worst that this film got, I think we're doing pretty good. (laughs) Or they're doing pretty good. I had nothing to do with it. Anyway, all of that will be in the show notes. Let's get into it. A quick warning, if you want to watch this documentary before we spoil anything, go ahead. But I don't think it hurts to listen to us and then go watch it and then come listen again. So there's your spoiler alert. (laughs) All right. Let's get into why we watched this one. Lady Katie, you were our dealer this week. Yes, sir. Why did you choose this one for us?
2: I think for a lot of the American public, disabilities are almost invisible. Um, Someone's not in a wheelchair or has crutches. We just don't look at it. There's a lot of people who have disability hangers in their car, but there's a lot of invisible disabilities. And like the documentary says, we treat them as second-class citizens. And I know that a a lot like the civil rights movement for African-Americans – People would say, well, just ask nicely. Well, you can't ask nicely. You're not going to get what you want. You're not going to get what you need. Mm -hmm. You had to stand up and you had to demand for equal rights, not separate but equal, but just to demand to be treated like a human and have equal access. Mm -hmm. And I feel like this documentary really brought to the forefront all the things that I definitely didn't learn in school.
0: Oh, yeah. And Absolutely not. Yeah. No.
2: And, and to give us the opportunity to watch that people with disabilities are just like us. They have the same wants and needs, and they are just as capable. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what people don't know.
0: Right. Cool. Well, I'm glad you chose this one. Um,
2: <laughs> You're welcome.
0: We're Did we have – I mean, besides James thinking that this was about you know gangs, did we have any predictions about this <laughs> one that, that maybe – that were either met or that were, they didn't meet James. Did you, were you, did you have predictions about this one that you were surprised about?
3: Like I said, I was surprised that it went to the uh, disabled people. Mm-hmm. I'm still thinking that somebody's going to pop up with a blue. Yeah, was it's red or blue. Blue. Yeah. yeah. Blue. Yeah. Blue. Yeah. yeah. Blue, yeah blue. But Bloods, uh, Andrew, Bloods when you first right, yeah. heard the name Crip Camp without seeing it, did you think gang? No, because I okay. <laughs> God damn it, I thought I'm gonna get you on my side.
1: <laughs> I studied disability, so I I knew right away that crip is a reclamation of the word cripple and it's a way okay. that a lot of oh, activists great. and social people that do disability have reclaimed the negativity around that word, which is why I use the word cripple in the work that I do. Yeah. Right. right.
0: To, and that reclaim it for me. And I'd like I'd like to hear a little bit about that. I think just because you know, if as as someone who is would would you say able bodied? Is that kind of is that the yeah yeah? Okay, I would say
1: able bodied or non disabled.
0: Okay, so someone who's not non disabled, you know, I hear Crip Camp and I almost like choke on my words because I feel like it almost feels like a slur. Yes, like I and I want to be careful, you know, Mm -hmm. about that. So, but. When I actually got onto your web page, Andrew, and, and you said you identify as a, a crip or crippled, and I was like, oh, well, that's interesting. So, what you're saying is the disabled community has sort of reclaimed that and said, well, you can't hurt us with that one because that's our word.
1: Mm-hmm. I mean, not all of us have. not every, I can't figure sure. every single person in the world, unfortunately. Um, unfortunately, like to, yeah. Can't so <laughs> not all of us have, but I have and a lot of us have because mm-hmm. you know, I, I and I don't think it's so much when it comes to language around disability, I don't think it's even so much what's being said, mm-hmm. it's how is being said. So when somebody makes a mistake around language and you have to listen to how are they saying it? Are they being malicious? Are they trying to hurt you, right. or are they just learning or like when people say handicapped, some people would say, Don't use that term around me but mm-hmm. Instead of screaming at them and saying, oh, my God, you're an ableist, don't use that word.
0: Sure.
1: You have to listen to how are they using it. Are they being mean or are they just trying to, like, That's very
2: gracious.
0: Yeah. Yep. All right. Thank you for your your insight there. So this film takes place in the early 1970s. Well, at least part of it does.
6: Part
0: of it. uh, Where teenagers with disabilities faced a future shaped by isolation, discrimination, and institutionalization. Enter Camp Gen Ed, a ramshackle camp for disabled youth in the Catskills, exploded those confines. Gen Ed was their freewheeling utopia, a place with summertime sports, music, smoking, makeout sessions, and maybe even a little uh, <coughs> hanky, hanky panky can we say? <laughs> um,
2: little makeout sessions. That was super <laughs> yeah.
0: cute. Regardless of their disabilities, campers experienced liberation and full inclusion as human beings. These bonds between campers endured as many of them began realizing that disruption political participation and a little civil disobedience could change their future and the futures of millions of people over countless generations so let's get into some standout moments things that we liked or didn't like about this documentary i thought you know this documentary it's A wonderful telling of a single moment in our history that many people have never heard before, myself included. And, you know, I love that this could potentially open the door to tell more stories and give way to even more voices from this community. And I hope in some, you know, small way we can do our part to give a little bit of amplification to these voices. So this documentary focused on the creation, retention and enforcement of laws specifically toward the accessibility, which would be the physical accessibility for disabled folks. Um, It was a kind of a fuck how much money it costs you and how many walls and curbs you have to break down. We deserve to be able to access all the same amenities that, that anyone else, you know, does. And we won't accept anything less, but So Andrew, 50 years after this story that we watched, talk to me about how you feel things are going now. You know, ADA is a thing and businesses, private, federal, are required to make things, you know, physically accessible. (coughs) And yeah, so let's start there. Uh, Talk to me about how you feel that's going now.
1: I mean, I think, I think, I think that it was an amazing start Mm -hmm. and it was a great cornerstone to change things and putting it into law was a huge beginning to making change. However, but just because they put it into law, it doesn't mean they change the attitudes around Mm -mm. of the people that are, that are, that are enforcing the law. Mm -hmm. You can put something into law to make yourself look great on paper, Mm -hmm. but if your attitude doesn't change, then yeah. Who cares? Right. So I think that it's a, it was a great start, but it, like I said earlier, has no teeth. Mm-hmm. Uh, apparently, a lot of people go to court to litigate ADA violations, and then what happens is they pay a fine, and they move on, and then there you oh. go. So oh, yeah, that doesn't really That's do much disgusting. to change the attitude of society. Yeah. And then, I mean, the ADA doesn't focus on things like marriage equality mm-hmm. when you're disabled and, you, and if you're on benefits... Right. In the US or Canada or other places in the world. Mm -hmm. And you want to marry somebody, you can't because you'll lose your benefits. Mm. So the the ADA doesn't really like focus on that. And I think it needs to be broadened to look at like deeper societal issues. Obviously access is very important, Mm -hmm. but there's so much more to it than that. And I I think it needs to be Yeah, so to
0: speak on the on the So this was you know, first and foremost, they were at at the point in history that we're, that this documentary covered, they were focusing more on the, the physical access, right? Like at this, at that point, you couldn't even get on a train because there was no way to to fit a wheelchair or a power chair or anything through that. And you had to, you had to stay on the street for blocks before you got to a spot that had a ramp to get you up. So do you feel like, the world is pretty physically accessible now or the country I should say is pretty, is fairly physically accessible. And just without going any further than just that, is it? Um, depends where you are. Okay. Depends. Some places are better if than others.
3: If
1: you're in like, you're in like LA, I would say no. If you're in um, New York, maybe if you're in like, you know, a, rural, a more rural part of the country, I don't know. you mean, really, it really <laughs> yep. depends, yeah. it and because even physical accessibility is so different for each person that needs it. Right. Mm-hmm. What I might say is accessible, someone else might be like, "I don't think so." Here's why sure. it's not. Sure, it really is subjective. I think. Mm-hmm.
0: Okay. Um, what part of the country are you in? I'm
1: actually not in your country. I'm in Canada. You're in
0: Canada. <laughs> okay.
2: Well, at least you got better health benefits.
1: Yes. But also, no, mm. it's free. But you're waiting seventeen hours to see somebody, and it's
0: that can so be a had- long time. Yeah. <laughs> um. Okay. And and you sort of spoke on what other areas are still inaccessible. Uh. Maybe not physically. Do you? What areas do you feel there's still a lot of hurdles that you need to jump through that a not disabled person wouldn't?
1: I mean, marriage equality, okay. benefits, the benefit system to have. Social Security income—you're mm-hmm. only allowed to have two thousand bucks in your checking account. If you have any more, they kick wow. you off. Oh,
2: that's awful. like what?
1: Yeah, you're only allowed to have two thousand bucks in your checking account, and if you have any more than that, you have to—you don't have the system anymore.
0: Okay, so cash then—cash is king. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> pretty much. And a and a nice fireproof safe, right. I guess. <laughs> I mean, it's legislated poverty, is what it is. Yeah. So, like I think that's all
1: because, because when you hear. Americans with Disabilities Act you think that it's going to cover everything mm-hmm. when you realize very quickly that it doesn't cover everything. Yeah. Like oh wow, we need to do that we need to change it, update it.
0: Yeah, for sure. Um all right, so let's get into a little bit about the documentary. The part of this documentary that kind of made me, I think smile the most was just the footage of Camp Gen Ed. Um you know, what a what a pure and perfect place for that time, Mm -hmm. for those, for those people. Um, It had to feel so good. I can imagine. um, And that's all I'm doing is imagining because obviously I'm not dealing with the same things that they were, but to know that you're going, that you're going to be around people that are going through something similar, or at least are going to have a true understanding of what you're going through and people don't tiptoe around you. I would feel like, so I, I don't even like getting like, Physically ill, let's say, because people kind of like, ooh, are you, okay? you are you okay? Like, I don't feel like I can get close to you. And if you're feeling like that's how people are looking at you all 24/7. the time, where they feel like they maybe can't even get close to you, like, take me to somewhere where everyone understands what I'm feeling and let where
1: me I can go and hang out with my friends and get crabs if I want to. let's Right? Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, I really liked Larry Allison, the the camp director. Mm-hmm. Uh,
2: he, it was said he was digging holes around the pool so kids would fall in.
0: yeah <laughs> what? so but but to, to me, they were all they they were ob, to me they all knew that he was joking because right. he was very yeah. able able-bodied, but he was going you know, this is obviously a place where we can be safe and we're not you know, just based on listening to like Andrew, for example, your your podcast and some of the the conversations that you had, like I appreciate knowing that it's okay. As long as it's coming from a place of love and acceptance, let's talk like a normal, you know, people would talk because that's all it is. It's too... Human beings, talking. 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 so why yeah. can't why can't I razz on you the same way that you would razz on me the same way I would razz on James just like I always do? Um.
1: <laughs> James looks thrilled by that truth. He's yeah. like, "Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah." It's
3: a it's a lot of things. Uh, you had said something, but we have talked too far past it, and I can't remember what you had said. So you He'll know, come back. It, it might come back to me. But I I, I want to give a shout out though to that uh what's her name Judy uh he- Human Human. Yeah. Judy Human Human. She died. Uh was born in uh, 1947 and she died I believe in March the 4th of this year. Oh wow. That's right. Um, oh, just
0: recent, real recent.
3: Um, yep. Uh she a civil rights activist. Mm-hmm. Uh for the disabled. Uh she has a great, great start with the ADA. She the one that helped push it along. I also want to the to tour for changing the uh, landscape for the disabled, you know, and that's that's a more positive thing that she has done. Besides her being like a, I want to call her the uh, disabled Wolverine, <laughs> you know, because you can't stop a Wolverine. No, you know what I mean? You could not stop her. So that was the thing I wanted to speak on on on, her, on that point. And then a lot of this this, this is is almost like. You might want to say you're talking to like the black civil rights thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They, they speak the same language.
2: Yep.
3: You know, um, things that are happening, you cannot change. I cannot change the fact that I'm black, or well, brown, or whatever color you want
0: to call me. Uh, a, 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 a chocolatey mocha. Uh, um, coffee, coffee, yeah. coffee.
3: <laughs> mocha coffee color. <laughs> there you
0: go. <laughs> coffee gente. And they would say in
3: Spanish or something
0: like that. That, that doesn't mean anything.
3: That means brown, uh, brown person. Gente? Uh, I think it's gente. I don't
0: what know what
3: this person mean?
0: We'll ask Ruth tomorrow. You ask Ruth tomorrow. Yeah, okay. anyway.
3: <laughs> Ruth is our, our, our good worker that works with us alone. She's a good friend of ours. Yep. And she's uh, happened to be a Spanish, Mexican. Or a Mexican, sorry. Yeah. Latino. So, anyway. yeah. Anyway. Anyway, <laughs> that's, that's a shout out I wanted to give to that. Uh, uh, it's so much stuff I want to talk about, but I'm going to let you go ahead. Uh, and I might just jump in every now and then. If I, that, that's oh, what please, grew. Please.
0: That, that's the uh, that's the, mm-hmm. the goal of this show. So, yeah. Yes. <laughs> all right. So I want to talk. I want to go back to Camp Gen Ed just a little bit. I have a clip about some of the life at Camp Gen Ed. And then I want to talk about some of the things that stood out to all of us about um, the beginning of this film of life at Gen Ed. Anyone
4: Woodstock. Happening. I remember being at my grandmother's, listening on the transistor radio, and yeah. saying, "Wish I could go. Wish I could go. Wish I could go." And then when I went to Janed, it was like there I was. I was in Woodstock. The music and the people, and just feel like these people are crazy. You know, I mean, in a good way.
5: Have go to come to and find yourself. You know. <laughs>
6: Freedom, freedom, freedom. so that it was help when we were there. It was no.
0: So obviously, you know, this was this was the the uh, the 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 joy that Kind of sparked, I think the the revolution. The uh, this camp, which is what they focused on, sort of gave these kids the idea that oh, there is such a thing as
2: we can have. Yeah, yeah, we, we can we, be normal. Yeah, mm-hmm. and
0: and watching them, you know, run the baseball diamond and mm-hmm. with with all the assistants, and watching them slide into the pool, and you know. And, and hear the stories about them being able to go make out or be sexual or or uh, smoke pot and things like that. It's like, yeah, hell yeah, that's what you're supposed that's to right do at a summer at camp. camp and, <laughs> and uh, you know, I will say I got a little concerned at the beginning though when they talked about how unqualified the counselors were. yeah, <laughs> I'm like, okay, so regardless of of anything, there are some disabilities that require, Carers, right? Yeah. So if if the people that are there to, to give you those cares are unqualified and don't know what they're doing, uh that, that could be concerning, I mm-hmm. would I would think. But it seems like they did okay besides, you know, maybe some of the hygiene that came along with crabs and, and yeah. whatnot. But
3: <laughs> but we can we can definitely say because it did it did step into um was it Willowbrook?
0: oh i have, did say something yeah. about
3: willowbrook uh Geraldo you know like
2: rivera's first big
0: oh this is the yeah. second yeah. time we've talked about this i thing know on this yeah, show we've seen and... That.
3: and you see how the horrendous things would happen yeah. there you oh, know, i want to speak to that compared to that mm-hmm. compared to that you know that camp was a paradise you know and like oh, i said yeah. it just it just everybody was just i'm just gonna be me there was no, like, hindrance, nobody. Yeah, there was none me, of you know? that. Mm-hmm. They yeah.
1: were just going to be themselves.
3: Right. I like that. And I like I was, when they had all those big, that was a standout moment for me when I seen all of And sudden why do they got all the mattresses and beds out there? But then I went down to the low thoughts. So I like, they all handicapped. This is going to be rolling all over the place, you know? Yeah. But then it's out to be crabs. I'm like, oh, crabs. Oh, okay. <laughs> that makes sense, you know?
0: Uh, I guess we're going to take these outside and let them air out yeah, for a bit. They don't air out. Yeah. But they were, they were him, happy,
3: though. Just, you know, they Burn them instead again. <laughs> yeah. They, they had so much people putting them down so much. They were even happier just that people got crabs, you know. That was mm. a fun thing. It's like, I don't know if you watched. Did you watch the end of it? Everybody watched the documentary where the lady got, uh, what did she get, gonorrhea?
0: Mm-hmm. And she was stoked yeah. about she was so it. So happy
3: she got gonorrhea <laughs> and everything. Was, like, so yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and it was Denise or something. Yeah, yeah.
0: Right. this to yep.
3: be thought of as this normal. A
2: sexual person, right? Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. yeah. hell yeah, I got it because that, cool. that means I'm getting laid. So mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah.
2: I want to talk about the... Please do. Okay. So we had the Geraldo segment, but I want to back up just a bit to the camp. So the first thing I thought of when I saw of camp, regardless of disability, was money.
6: Mm -hmm.
2: And there's the haves and the haves nots the have-nots. So there were children who had the ability to go to camp, but just Mm -hmm. as many as there were, there were many more that could not go to camp. Mm -hmm. And those are the kids that I think ended up in the institution because their parents couldn't pay for it. They couldn't take care of them. They just didn't have the uh, resources. Mm -hmm. And... I just I think w- they didn't quite I don't know I feel like more time should be spent on that but you could probably do a whole, a whole documentary yep. on the on the ones that weren't getting resources so this at least mm. was focused on the changes that were made but then of course Geraldo Rivera's big first Exposé, time yeah. yep, was on Willowbrook and yep. I I fully believe in my heart that he was taking advantage of these people oh of course here. he was
1: without yeah. without mm-hmm. without uh, even Batten and I of course he was yep. mm-hmm. he right he
3: wanted the ratings right. he yes. Knew it and, and
2: right. right, and he became famous, and then well, he was didn't one of get
3: the... famous off of that, I don't think. Because he got it, his first know, job, not what 10 years later, when that actually came up, and 10 years later is when his little thing on, on the um, Rutgers, but he came
2: a national reporter after this. Yep, mm-hmm.
3: yeah, for like the for like, and he had his he just weird turned the camera around. Again. Yeah, I think he got more famous when he got hit in the nose with a chair, you know, what when he did it, he had a talk show.
1: Yeah, 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 like a Jerry Springer ask talk oh, show. Yeah, for a while it
3: was then.
2: before Jerry Springer. Like, yeah. yeah, he got but hit anyway. in the head
3: with a tear, you know, on I mean, the nose. Anyway, anyway, okay. <laughs>
2: <The point laughs> is... That um, he's coming through with a camera and he's showing the world what it really looks like. And there is value in that. Mm-hmm. People weren't aware mm-hmm. that this was happening. The families were very aware. The people it's happening to are, are aware. And the world was not. But mm-hmm. there was a better way to handle that. There were people mm-hmm. being taken advantage mm-hmm. of. and well,
1: I would have been like, did you pay the families? Did yeah. You, like, mm-hmm. And of course they didn't. No compensation.
2: Really? Mm-hmm. And even to this day, none of those people have names. Like, we don't know who they are in that video. And, yeah. and that video still circulates. That's humiliating.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, for sure. And, you know, that is this is the second episode that we've done that had the Willowbrook footage. And thankfully, in this one, they didn't stay on it too long. Yeah, that was cool. Um, you know, when we did Cropsey, uh, for our Halloween oh, episode, right. they spent quite a bit of time on that. And that is just the most, you know, disturbing, disturbing, horrible thing, mm. treatment of yeah. human beings that you can, you In can the imagine dark, too. Yeah, it's, 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 it's awful. Um, and they even mentioned that one of the campers at Jen oh, yes, was, was at Willowbrook and he was eating so much that he would vomit because he was used Never to only getting, getting three minute. You know what's three minutes to eat, Andrew? I mean, like I don't even know. Especially with assistance. What? Mm. I can't eat in three minutes, and I have hands that aren't you know disabled at all. And if I'm having to get Small those years. cares, you know, what do what are you going to do with that? You eat as much as you can. And there and, was
2: one care for fifty people. Yeah,
0: no, there's sense. no That's way. Mm-hmm.
2: There were so many things. I wrong. mean,
0: I I saw Cropsy too
1: a couple of years ago, and mm-hmm. I remember. They were trying to tie it to, like, the boogeyman, right? The scary. Yeah. Right. Kids, yep. you
6: know? yep. And like, there's
1: so many problems with the way that was framed, too, of, like, mm-hmm. oh, you're framing the disabled person mm-hmm. potentially as, like, Oh, my God. That's right. Mm-hmm. And so, like, it's a shame that when we do, when we look at horror to go on a total side tangent right please now. Please do. Yes, please. We look at, like, horror in film. Usually, it's just a disabled person.
0: Yep. Yeah, you've got oh Leatherface. You've got The Hills Have Eyes. You've got um, first back
3: of Notre Dame. Well,
0: that wasn't. Yeah, that's well, that's the a disabled
2: person. Yeah, well,
0: yeah, yeah. But he was the protagonist, though. But anyway, yeah, I, I you've got a great point. I, I definitely hear they're what you're saying. They're portrayed as yeah.
2: monsters, and that's something yeah. that's prevalent in our history.
0: Yeah. Yep. So in the when they're at Gen Ed... They they do a lot of you know they they'll sit around and I don't know if it was just part of the the documentary or the filmmaking that they were taking back then, but they would do some sort of like uh, what do you call it like group sessions where they all would talk and talk about some of the things that they're struggling with and yeah, that was cool yeah that was and that was actually cool. a, a good look into which which by the way this isn't in my notes but what one thing I really enjoyed about this was and i can't remember the the kids names but the one girl was her, her speech was very dis, like she was very having slow. having trouble speaking and but the other kid understood totally exactly it, what yep. she was saying i'm like oh that's so good like i love i love <laughs> that they're so close yeah. yeah um but anyway they were the part that broke my heart the most and and as a parent um you know kind of hurts to hear is when they were talking about their parents, they mentioned the overprotectiveness of their parents and how they resented. And some of them even said they hated their parents for it. And, and in the same breath, they were saying they knew their parents were doing the best they could and they were trying to keep them safe, especially back then uh, in a world where they knew that those sort of institutions were out there and they were, you know, who wants your their kid in that? Like my hope is that the kids at Willowbrook, their parents didn't know that they were going through that, but how could you not, unless you're literally, you know, you're giving you them away go, and you yeah. and you never go there, you know. But you know, the the kids didn't want to be kept in a bubble. I mean, which of who of us Nobody did? Was. You know, the, you you don't want to be held so tight that you never have the chance to go out and experience getting in trouble,
1: and, a and like yeah, yeah. <laughs>
0: and and and
2: have human experiences like everyone else.
0: Absolutely, yeah. Um, and the hardest part about it all was was when they talked about being denied their privacy. Oh. Which I can tell you right now, that's something that I take for granted every single day, I think, because I love being by myself. But if I if if I can't be, my God. Like
2: I mean, I think it's also privacy in the bathroom. Everything privacy in the yeah. shower. Like all those things we take for granted of being able to do it not only well, by yourself, but to have that privacy. Mm-hmm. I mean
1: just today today for me to get up i had somebody with me in the shower yeah. had somebody with me in in the toilet had somebody with like and it's fine you get used to it mm-hmm. you get used to like the moments of realizing you need somebody and you just kind of let it go because mm-hmm. you don't really have a choice and so but when you do have moments and you're alone you you're like oh wow this is what it means to be alone with my mm. own thoughts with myself Ugh. or for me when it's like i get to be alone with somebody that i'm Messing around with, or sure. or dating, yeah. Like, wow, okay, we get to be alone that way too. Yeah. So I think it's like I definitely feel that sense of the need for the want for privacy. Of yeah, course.
0: yeah, I'm sure. Do you? Um, w- while you were talking, I-, I had a a question, and it's probably going to slip my mind before I get there because I'm trying really hard to pull it out of my brain before I stop talking. Um, privacy oh one one of the things so I listened to an episode of yours where you talk and I, I' I slipped the guy's name slips my mind but he's an Australian uh porn star that you talked to Wood. what was it
1: Gabe woods yeah uh, and
0: nice name. and uh you know you talked about the the difference between um being able to do things at a pace, of your carer, and that's another thing that just blows my mind when I think, you know, when I heard you guys talking about that and and going, I get frustrated because James takes too long to come back from lunch, and we got to get <laughs> back to work. You know, <laughs> James is like, "What? <laughs> <laughs> this side is- eye,
2: like, major I know, side, side eye." Right, yeah, you know, but but and that,
0: <laughs> but but you know, to to think about it in in a way, and I'm just trying to, you know. I, I guess relate in 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 that little way, but going, I have trouble being patient enough for the people around me when i I have but but just being able to come to a a point where you can say, I guess this is how long it's gonna take and i I've got to be good with that that to to fanboy and a little that, bit that was that know, was a part that, that I just felt like talking to you about, I guess
1: and uh, thank you for bringing that that I mean it is. Really hard to constantly have to wait for somebody to help you. Mm-hmm. I, mean, you I do have moments. Where I'm like, "Fuck! I just wish you would hurry up, mm-hmm. <laughs> just go faster, like, come on!" Mm-hmm. But at the same time, without them, I couldn't have my life. Right. So I have to just be grateful that they're there mm-hmm. and grateful that I live that I live in a you in a home where care is attached. Yeah. So they're not mm-hmm. with me 24 seven. Like I'm alone right now. Mm-hmm. But if I needed something right now. I could phone them and say hey can mm-hmm. somebody be here right these those kind of systems are not very common wow. and so to have something like that to have a carer available when you need them you mm-hmm. know within 10 minutes mm-hmm. is pretty unheard of right. and so
0: and is that because much- of of canadian healthcare is that because of a, a, yeah. a program you're with or or what where does that come from
1: i'm with uh margin i canada okay so It's partly the program and partly our healthcare system. Mm -hmm. Um, But to get into a program like this, like I buy my own food, Mm -hmm. I run my own house, it's my house. Mm -hmm. But when I need somebody, when they come get me up in the morning, help me with lunch, help me with dinner and put me to bed.
6: Mm -hmm.
1: Um, But most, a lot of people don't get them. And to get into a housing situation like this, you have to wait 10 to 15 years. (gasps) Holy shit. So as much as i can be like oh fuck, i need somebody it's so annoying and i do if you follow my instagram i talk about i talk about the feelings around that a lot Mm -hmm. but i you know i'm very lucky that i have what i have and i try to remember how how lucky i am and also from the carer's point of view taking care of people is not an easy job
0: nope
1: not it's a lot of using your body to help somebody else mm-hmm. have their life. Mm-hmm. So I try to remember how grateful I am to have them there. But
2: right. you also don't have control and that's gotta be so hard.
6: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. That part is can be really frustrating. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. in my mind I know what I want to do, but my right. body is like, nope, sorry, that can't do that. control, yeah.
2: But,
0: uh, yeah. And 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 then to get into the, you know, we're we're not even talking about the documentary right now, but that's perfectly fine. Um to get into the the idea that you are getting that all all the the touch the interaction the things like that it's all so clinical and it it's all you know for a purpose to to you know things that like we take for granted that you know you are dealing with and then and then having you know the just being able to differentiate i guess between
1: clinical touch and yeah doctorate.
0: yeah and that to me to me and that's why your story is so intriguing to me because you're so open about that sort of thing and like the sexuality behind it and the thing that the challenges that that come along with it you know and that again to tie it into the documentary that was probably my favorite part about this is be, because because you just a, a lot of people who are able-bodied probably never, ever, ever, ever think about Mm-mm. the fact that that is a need, that is still yeah. a, a desire. It is you know y- you don't you don't go oh well I'm disabled so all of a sudden my sexuality goes away <laughs> like what like what?
1: And I, I would challenge that and say it comes. Stronger, actually, which mm. sounds like a big
3: innuendo, right there. But,
2: no, but, but that's <laughs> really important, and the fact that I mean, people sense. don't think about that is yeah. just part of stronger. the problem.
3: Yeah, it makes sense. It makes sense. And when your
2: you... and your Instagram and your uh mm. the, your podcast has the ability to reach people that from the queer disabled community. I mean, we're yeah. learning, but mm-hmm. we are not the intended audience. You're reaching out to people like you to feel like well, they're no, not but, alone.
1: Yes, but I also think that you are the intended audience, and I, I love. Talking to non-disabled folks because they need somebody to give them that light bulb moment mm-hmm. that go, "Oh wow, I never <laughs> thought about that." And so I always say, like, when you become disabled, mm-hmm. are you not going to want to get off?
6: Yeah, right. When you,
0: when you Just
1: become suddenly. disabled, are you not going to want to have a good fuck? Probably, <laughs> probably you are. So let's talk about it. Right. So That's I, amazing. I like giving them people that light bulb moment because they don't. Most people, when they're doing ableist things. They don't mean it. They genuinely don't mean it. They Mm -hmm. just don't know any better. Mm -hmm. So if I can use my platform to guide you instead of
2: screaming at you. Mm. That's so much kindness for the world. How do mm -hmm. you manage that?
1: Oh, I have my days where I'm fucking pissed off, but I try (laughs) really hard to be kind because, Mm -hmm. because there are things with the world that I don't know. And I, I, you know, as a white disabled person too, Mm -hmm. I have to sometimes sit down and shut up because my experience is not You know, as is not the same as someone who is a disabled person of color. Mm -hmm. So sometimes I too have to be like, "Oh, yeah, that's not my space. I'll be
6: quiet." Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, thanks, thanks for sharing all that, and please, at any point, keep keep sharing it. But we're just gonna, I'm I'm gonna, I'm I'm going to use a a cattle prod to get us back on the on the.
3: (laughs) I got a question. Oh yeah, go for it you said you you're in canada right does the Not ada true. have anything to do with canada no no nope. what what kind of um things CDA. cda cda i don't know i don't know if that's what's, thing. What's, what's going on in canada no we have right now
1: we're waiting to get something like the canadians with disabilities act passed it's mm. taking a million years mm. um who knows when it'll be passed mm. each province has their own disability charter and law. Mm -hmm. But so that's like for you guys, each state would have their own disability law. Mm -hmm. But the trouble is the same with the ADA. It's not being properly enforced. Mm. Right. And nobody knows what to do. Like for instance, in Canada right now and in Ontario right now, um, if I wanted to apply for medical assistance in dying, because my pain was too much, mm-hmm. instead of giving me help, I could apply to to basically end my life, and two doctors have to sign off, and they would sign off. Wow! Instead of finding ways to give me accessible housing, wow. finding ways to give me care, they would say, "Oh, you want to kill yourself? Go ahead."
3: Yep. Wow. Yep, that kind of falls into they want us all dead. Yeah. 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 You know, that's crazy.
0: If if you're gone, you're no longer our right. problem because kind of thing. If yeah.
3: the body the the mind is, is the, the mental strong. mind. We're gonna say the mental mind, but I'm gonna say yeah. <laughs> the mind <laughs> is a the mind, it goes on. That's why when you said it might be even stronger sex drive, mm-hmm. because you're not using the body, but your mind is strong as ever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's pushing and I, you. You know, I understand that. Yeah. Yeah. I have
1: a very strong sex drive because I don't get to access my sexuality as freely as anyone else would. So Mm -hmm. when that's why, you know, I'll be blunt. I work with sex workers that my needs met, Mm -hmm. um, which is great. But again, that's not the same as like intimacy with somebody that wants to be there. You're paying for their time and that's great. And I'm thankful for them. But again, it's transactional. So, Mm -hmm. you know, when, when the people in the, in the movie say, Oh, we got crabs. We got gonorrhea. They were happy because like, wow. Because yeah, it was act, right. Somebody because like genuinely wanted to be yep, with them.
0: Yep. Mm-hmm. Someone wanted to be with me and I wanted to be with them. And we, we went and got gonorrhea together. Right. So, right. so yeah. it's, you know, the, 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 probably the, the first time that I've ever heard of somebody being excited about <laughs> that sort of thing. But Hey, you know, I, mm-hmm. I, I think I can understand that to the best of, you know, what I can mm-hmm. understand. Yeah. Um,
3: gonorrhea to move her on to get a master's yep. in sexuality yeah right? yeah. yeah and let, let me get gonorrhea if I can move on to something
0: yeah no I'm just kidding I, I don't okay no, uh, anyway
2: cattle prod back to okay too. here we go
0: Lord. <laughs> all right uh, Camp Jeanette ignited a, a spark in many of these young minds mm. um, they were very clear that they did didn't feel shame about their disability, but they felt excluded. Mm. And, and when they were at, at Camp Gen Ed, they they felt empowered, and they took that empowerment with them and said, "I'm going to fight to make a world, the world, a little bit like Camp Jenna." Uh, enter the powerhouse of a woman that we've already talked about, mm-hmm. Julie Human, Judy Human, um, the the founder of Disabled in Action and the ringleader of almost every single protest, march, lobby toward disabled rights mm-hmm. at this time. Um, can we talk about how how much of a powerhouse she was? Because that, oh, that was that yeah. was fucking awesome.
3: She was a she is a powerhouse. Her words is like yeah. our anger was fury that yep. sparked. It, but it was sparked by a professional oh I my mean, hold on our anger <laughs> I'm getting all twisted up myself now. <laughs> I said our anger was a fury sparked by profound injustice, wrong that deserved in fear, which is like rage, madness, mm-hmm. outrage, which with itself we were able to rip a hole in the status quo. That's beautiful. I like, wow. I
0: like, wow. You go wow. head on,
3: girl. Get it. You know, <laughs> I want to join her <laughs> cause already. You know what I'm saying? She was the force. Yes, she Nixon. was. And she's strong, you know. Was it
2: um, she, Nixon? She, oh, go
3: ahead. She's the one that kept on. you know, when, when they went down to uh, California and they was going to walk out the building. He said, you do not go anywhere until you call me. And I will tell you when you're supposed to leave. They said we were scared of her more than the government. You know, like <laughs> <Yeah>. wow. <laughs> Go ahead on girl.
2: Okay. Was it Nixon when they first brought it to the table that said, Well, we just don't think this is gonna affect enough Americans? And right. I and then I think that was her first protest in New York City.
0: Right. And yeah, was, they they yeah. Uh, going through presidents and congressmen and senators and all that stuff, everyone basically saying, and I think you're right, I think it was Nixon, um, how many people is this really gonna serve? You know, like that was enraged. Like, are, mm. are we gonna spend all this money to just you know help the couple of you that are in here? And that's when she and her A disabled, leader. yeah, mm-hmm. th- that's when she and her disabled army took to the streets and started yeah. blocking city blocks. It was going incredible, yeah. Um, they marched on the Capitol. Uh, they mm-hmm. set up uh, camp at the Health Education and Welfare Building, refusing to leave until they signed the 504, which mm-hmm. was, uh, if I remember right, that was the part of legislation that that said nobody will be excluded um
2: based on their yeah yeah
0: Yeah. based on any kind of and i don't unfortunately i don't have the wording here in my notes as far as i
1: understand it was a amendment to the rehabilitation act to ensure that everybody with disabilities wasn't excluded based on their access needs Right. right right yep
3: everybody can receive federal governments and funds and they can't they were not uh, forbid discrimination f- as far as being employees. No one could put them down for being disabled
0: or anything like that. Yeah, deny employment. employment. that. It was like pretty
3: that. cool. That's a pretty good act.
0: Yeah, and I, and I it's think a very small
2: statement that had a big impact mm-hmm.
0: for sure. And you know that was what they talked about was they they said oh shit there's a a piece in there that could apply to us and the things we're dealing with and she Mm -hmm. said
2: she snuck it in at the end and i thought that's what every congressman says we're gonna sneak it in at the end yeah
0: yep um you know but when they were in the the hew building Mm -hmm. refusing to leave until they signed to me that was one of the most exciting parts Mm -hmm. because because you know the fbi and the rest of the whoever else is is you know cutting off hot water they're cutting off phone lines and in true disabled resiliency they go well guess what? We have all the motherfuckers that know how to communicate without the phones cuz they can't hear. <laughs> that was incredible. So the right. the deaf
2: community comes alive.
0: Probably my favorite part yes. was when they said the deaf people just looked out the windows and signed to their buddies down there and they're getting the information back and forth. It was, right. so it was good. fucking awesome. <laughs> mm-hmm. I
3: like the way they made the uh um, ice box out of the uh air conditioning unit. Yep. Oh yeah. I let you
0: go. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's something. Yep. Um, anything else to add about the? Um, oh, I have something. I also <laughs> thought it was really it was really cool when they teamed up with the Black Panthers. Yes, yeah, I know. was going to say That's that a big one. during this demonstration. Mm-hmm. Uh, Black
3: Panthers was go ahead, no go, go ahead. Black Panthers um, and uh, and all at like, the twenty five days they supply all their meals to all the protesters, showering, bathing, yeah, all, all like, that stuff, you know. And Black Panthers uh, also. I mean, that's, they got a bad rep because they, they were, were labeled were so,
2: as terrorists by the well, FBI.
3: Well, because they was militant and mm-hmm. being black But is, they
2: were not terrorists. You know,
3: being black, you know, being a black man— Okay, we ain't going to go there. Anyway. Nope. <laughs> so— Man, we can totally go there. Yeah, we straight, can. And we, we can't straight. go there. We, we're talking about you the documentary, mean, yeah. you know, just because I'm black and they don't, I mean, I'm just too cool. We're here for you. Hold on. You know,
0: listen, Hold on, you're black?
3: Well, I, I'm brown. <laughs> I'm, brown <laughs> I'm brown, but you know, when they— on news, we're always black, you know. I was like, God damn, how can they tell us in the nighttime if we're black and night is black? <laughs> and so, I mean, we saw a black man running last night. What? Did you? Really? <laughs> I mean, come on now. You, no,
0: didn't you didn't see
3: anybody. And there's like 200,000 of them running around anyway. And it's nighttime, so what What are you talking about? So, anyway. Um, <laughs> that's my favorite podcast aside ever. <laughs>
2: <laughs> King James is, it is It's, uh, just, it's, it's ridiculous,
3: but uh i have to say with the action that this lady did this uh judy human and combining them with the civil rights people moving together mm-hmm. and them all working as a unit they all did this mm. yep. and it worked and yeah. what made it possible is that all of them came together
0: i've got a little clip here about when the okay, black panthers ahead. set uh stepped in just so we can Keep this rolling.
3: Keep it rolling. I'm apologizing. There were just so many people trying to figure out how to eat, how to wash. Where are we going to get food? Where are we going to get blankets? Brad Lomax was the one who had the idea to call the Black Panthers. Brad could hardly speak, but he could gesture. (laughs) And he got his point across.
5: The Panthers would bring a hot meal for dinner, and then they would leave food for breakfast and lunch for nothing, no no money, no nothing. I ended up, you know, after the meeting, I said to this guy, I said, I don't get it. You're the Black Panther Party and you don't have a ton of resources. You know, they had a food kitchen in Oakland. Why are you choosing to feed us? He said to me, you know, you are trying to make the world a better place. And that's what we are about. We are about making the world a better place for everybody. So if you're gonna go to the trouble to stay here and sleep on this floor, we're gonna make sure you get fed you know
0: that's how we survived so fucking cool mm-hmm. just goosebumps yep um they're getting all this pushback from this uh Califano motherfucker yeah. um so you know who then so just to kind of push forward a little bit who then sends a guy to stand in for him and basically offer equal but separate negotiations mm. that poor fucking guy i he know i felt money. so bad right.
1: for him he do you think he knew what he was going to get nope. into
0: that no day? Way. No way. Nope. No
2: fucking idea. That he tr- poor guy. <laughs> yep. Yeah, he's, he's like thrown he's like, under the bus by Califano.
0: Mm-hmm. I I took the wrong internship. Uh-huh.
3: <laughs> <laughs> he made a mistake by thinking that the body may not work right, so he thought the mind didn't work right as well. Mm-hmm. But he ran into something else. Oh my! god. I
2: hope they wall. paid him. Well,
0: my he ran sh- into the sh-
3: room, and he himself.
2: He got dragged the... out of whatever room he was hiding in.
0: Ooh. Uh yeah so I'm sorry my uh my notes just closed so I'm nothing without my my magic tablet here um so he sends that poor guy in for him and basically offer the equal but separate stuff um the congressman then goes and, you know, basically kicks his door down and mm-hmm. says, get back in that, that room, because now you're gonna go sit in there and answer their questions and look them in the face. Yep. Because if you're the one that Califano's sending, then you're the one that gets to talk. So yep. sorry, motherfucker, but here you go. Um, and that's when the bad the the bad boss bitch herself, Judy comes in and uh addresses she this was dude.
6: So
1: mad. Yeah. Oh, and she says, We will so accept good.
0: nothing less than equal treatment. Get
5: it concrete, somebody's going to have to knock down some walls, and somebody's going to have to make school teachers available and classrooms available. But that is the price that we've said that we've been willing to pay for 200 years to make people accessible to the mainstream.
4: Whether there was a section 504, there was a Brown versus Board of Education. The the harassment, the um, lack of equity that has been provided for disabled individuals and that now is even being discussed by the administration is so intolerable that I can't quite put it into words. I can tell you that every time you raise issues of separate but equal, the outrage of disabled individuals across the country. Is going to continue. It is going to be ignited. There will be more takeovers of buildings until finally, maybe you begin to understand our position. We will no longer allow the government to op- oppress disabled individuals. We want the law enforced. We want no more segregation. We will accept no more discussion of segregation.
2: And I would
3: appreciate it if you would stop
2: shaking your head in agreement when I don't think you understand what we are talking
3: about. She was exactly. so scared. That was, was one so my of my favorite lines. Yep. Get it. Man, she's handling it. I love it. Mean, but that, you can hear yeah. in her voice when she says that,
1: you can hear what she's really saying underneath all of that is, yep. if you give me this, then I get to have joy.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, my
1: God. Because all they see her in that moment is this angry disabled woman mm. who's making trouble. Yeah. But if she had access and they all had access, then they would see happy disabled people. And I think
6: mm-hmm. that's
1: something that, that people don't think about. If you give me access to something, you'll see my joy. You'll see like that for the camp was so powerful, I think, because yeah. they get to have joy there. That's a great mm-hmm. point.
0: That is the point right there that I want to isolate. I want to isolate your words right there and put that all over our social media. Cause that was beautiful, man. Thank you for, for saying that. Cause that was something I hadn't, I hadn't
6: Mm-mm.
0: thought of nope, in, in that way. So yeah, that that's why we fucking brought you here, man. Yep. You're the best. Amazing, Amazing. <laughs> All right. So hip, hip, hooray. It gets signed, right? Things start to, you know, get better. Whether they're great or not, you know, that's to be determined. But
2: change is happening,
0: you know, until Reagan shows up, of course, and starts trying to (laughs) repeal things. Um, once again, though the disabled army marches and the American with Disabilities Act makes its way to the table, um, this is the part where a lot of information sort of gets shoved into the last bit of this documentary. Mm-hmm. So, if if I have any criticism of the documentary, it's it's that it probably could have been three to four hours long and still been you know
2: just as captivating, had
0: as much information. I do feel like they kind of they they they. Elongated it toward the beginning, and then went shit. We're already at an hour. We need yeah. to get all the rest of this in. Maybe I'm wrong, but that's kind of I how think it felt. It
1: could, have been, it could have been a series. I think it could have been like yeah. eight, oh my god, like a series
2: a, would have been amazing. Three
1: part Netflix series. I'd mm-hmm. watch that
0: absolutely. Yeah. um But a very powerful demonstration then begins where people yes. with disabilities come out of their wheelchairs and crutches and Inclined. start to pull themselves up the steps of the Capitol building, which you know. Cried. I Although cried. it's hard to watch, it was one of the more powerful images. That mm-hmm. that kid that's going. Nope, I'm
2: not giving it up. It was on the cover of I'm not giving Time up. magazine, like, oh and my was God. like yeah. they said it was the moment that the tide turned. Was that little girl crawling up the steps? Mm-hmm. Even though there were tons of people with her, that photo of her doing it is yeah. what changed it.
0: Mm-hmm. Yep, and finally. President Bush, after Nixon, Ford, Carter, and two terms of Reagan, H.W. Bush finally signs the ADA, putting into place the act that will be the building block for fair treatment and accessibility to disabled folks around the country. Um, and I think that's yeah. the part
1: that we should also talk. About. So it was the building block; it wasn't the, mm-hmm. it wasn't the be all and end all. It was Mm-mm. just a no. block, mm-hmm. and there's still so much more to go. It's
2: the first, step. but
1: it was like the first step, and I yeah. think the next step is attitude because the attitude Mm -hmm. no matter how many ramps you put in somewhere, no, how many, no no matter how many elevators you put in a building, Mm -hmm. no matter how much physical access you can put in a place, if the person is, is, and I mean this in the kindest way possible, if they're uneducated and and ignorant Mm -hmm. to the lived experience, they're going to, it doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. So that's why I do what I do because I want to give people that moment to ask questions and i want to pose it to the three of you Mm -hmm. do you have any like burning
3: disability questions that you want to oh people looking at me oh (laughs) Oh, oh. my sisters work cna's so to take care of people uh people that are special with disabilities and everything i see them do it all the time well, in 25, I, 30 years, one sister, yeah. Uh, I think one sister, she just started, I think she got like eight or nine years. My whole family, just about all of them is CNA, a lot of them. Okay. Oh, great. Know? So uh, my question to you is, when, when do you guys, when do, not you guys, that's not what I want to say, I'm sorry. When does you think that the disabled people want to say, stop, stop, stop doing that to me. Stop. How do you, how do they do that? How do they just, cause there's things that CNAs and stuff they do. Like you say, when they just touch, grab touch, how do you, what's the way that you tell them to stop? Cause they might be going overboard or how do you, how is that? I mean, you can say stop. You can just say, Hey, stop. But yeah. I think, you know, because cause people I, ignore I, I, you though. They ignore that because they're counting you as not being able to uh, think rationally. Because they're looking at their okay. handicap they, more than looking at anything they, else. If they ignore me, I'm gonna raise fucking hell. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you're, not, you're
1: not gonna ignore me because I'm not gonna let you ignore me because I'm gonna tell you what I want. But
6: mm.
1: I understand also the need of like like I was saying like we were saying earlier. Care is not an easy job. It's mm-hmm. really hard. Mm. It's really easy to hurt your body or get burnt out. Mm -hmm. but I try to, I try when, when a care worker comes into my space, even if I'm tired, even if I don't really want to deal with it, I try to remember like, if I were in their shoes and they're just trying to help me, how would I want to be treated? Mm -hmm. And also a lot of care workers are in where I live. They're not white folks. So they're, they're people of color. They're from a different, they're from a different part of the world. Mm -hmm. They're from a different culture entirely. So I have to remember my own, kind of white supremacy. And like, if I bring this person in here and I treat them like shit, yeah. that's kind of horrible. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I have to remember that they're from a different kind of experience than me. And also be grateful that they're there at all trying to make a living. Mm-hmm. So it, you really do have to, I, I can scream and yell and be angry and I have done, but mm-hmm. I find that that doesn't really get me anywhere. Like that alienates you from the care you need. Mm-hmm. And so I try to be really, chill i try to be their friend i try to make jokes i try to laugh with them i try Mm to like most of them i have their phone numbers because you know if i need something from them and they're not here i I can just text them Mm -hmm. so like i try to make it for me i try to make really friendly because i understand how important it is and how without them i wouldn't be able to do what I do,
0: and, right. and and trying to, you know. So James and I both come from the the healthcare world. We both worked maintenance and other type of jobs in healthcare, where we have had to interact. Mm-hmm. Uh, the last place that we worked together before our current job, uh, there was a a whole um, what do you call it, like a. Um, uh, yeah, ward sounds Group. yeah, yeah, a, a whole part of the the facility I guess okay, that cool. that um that focused on well it was it was trachs so it was like pulmonary care. Okay, but okay. but there was a lot of cerebral palsy, there was a lot of uh quadriplegics the best and, of
1: the palsy the best of the
0: palsy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, there there was, you know, and most of them had trachs, you know, and but I feel very grateful for having accepted that job because what it does and what you start to see is, first of all, understanding that that this is not just a normal job where we are going into somebody's apartment and fixing their air conditioner. This is oh,
1: you were, this is you're bonding with that person. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah,
0: and, like- and being able to to differentiate between you are not just a job that I have to do, which unfortunately that's, I think, where a lot of the CNAs and, and CARES people can fall into that, especially if it's something yeah. I would imagine in somewhere like um, uh, like a hospital or, or a care center where they're having to go room to room to room to room where, you know, it's almost a checklist at that point. Well, I don't right. want to be a bullet yeah. on your checklist. I want to be, you know, I'm a human being that mm-hmm. needs, you know, the, the, tenderness and the, the friendliness mm-hmm. and of, of any other human being. So I always used to coach my team and say, look, we have an opportunity to be something to Positive. all of our residents that live here that is different from what their care workers are. We get to be the person that comes right. in and fix their air conditioning. Yeah. <laughs> you know? mm-hmm. We get to be, we, we don't have to help them with cares that, you know, what human being wants somebody to have to help them go to the bathroom? Probably mm-hmm. nobody wants that. Right, yeah, they're they're in a place that that they have to, right? right? So
1: if I'm gonna have somebody else with me in the bathroom, we're doing something else differently <laughs> I don't know why. right? If someone's gonna be with me in the bathroom stall. We're not going pee. <laughs> <probably>. <laughs>
0: That's hilarious. I guess I question you, whenever you're ready. Yeah, um, you, but uh, but yeah. but anyway, just to just to finish up that that thought, I think for me, I I feel very fortunate to have have been in in that world and kind of. Gain relationships with people that are struggling, or with with where their life is at that point, right. and people that were either have either um, become disabled or were born disabled, or mm-hmm. however that that may be. And just it, I will I will always be grateful for that because it did open to my eyes to a lot of things that I didn't know before. Yeah. It's similarly to this conversation yeah. right now. Right. So um, that's kind of yeah, my same addition. Same way there. with me too. Yeah,
3: you know. Uh, first of all, uh, i like to say that as this people that don't have those disabilities, we think of ourselves as being something. But to have humility is the best thing ever when you yeah. deal, you know, because the people that me and Jeff met, I used to kind of cringe inside when I used to see people with handicaps. But going in the room and they talking to you, I'm slow talking at first. Then after a while, you don't even see the handicap no more. You just... Could as, as people as persons, you know. Hey, hey, wait! What you got there? You got that bottle of jack you got hidden behind there? Mm. You know stuff like that. You know, and then you know because we did have one. of used to have a bottle of jack, laughing. and I would always try to get it from him. Listen, but he would never so let me have me a it. bottle of jack. I'm right. here for it. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> You know, this stuff like that. And then one of them died. You know, and it just it was you could feel it. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, you could feel it. And I'm I've just, had
1: staff where I live. I've had people where I live who work here, leave, and mm-hmm. go on to different positions. And it's hard because you see them for five, six, seven years, mm-hmm. and they, you know, to be blunt, they wipe your ass every day. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, they're gone, and it's like, well, <laughs> what do you mean I got to start again with
0: yeah. who- <laughs> I don't. I, I'm kind of used to the way that you did it, and, and <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, you know, I, but- I we have a We have an understanding at this point, so. Yeah. Katie, I think, has a, a question for you, Andrew. Yes. Of course.
2: Okay. So we would like to think of ourselves as allies. Mm-hmm. We'd like to be here to be able to um, reach out to people in the non-disabled community and help them understand in a more respectful way how to be better and how to... I mean,
1: not super ableist yeah <laughs>
2: right thank you and so what would you recommend that we do to be better allies
1: oh that's a big question how many hours do we have uh <laughs> to be better allies i would say no you're gonna fuck up you're gonna make mm-hmm. a mistake you're gonna pull your foot in your mouth you're gonna say an ableist thing you're gonna you know you're gonna do something it's hard wrong yeah mm-hmm. but that doesn't in my view and i can only speak for me but for me as a disabled person that doesn't make you a bad person that doesn't make you like i hate it when disabled when other disabled people will say oh you're an ableist that's all you are it's like well gee cool (laughs) you're not really opening the door to like the possibility for change here and growth and like learning like and i just think that if we if i call you an ableist and then i walk away and i like don't offer to help you learn
2: you're not creating a new ally
1: Yeah. And I'm not creating conversations so you can grow. And I think the biggest thing I I could offer is like, you're going to fuck up and that's okay.
0: Yeah. Mm. And, and also I, I, and you correct me if I'm wrong, but it it does a lot more good to say that comment could have been, that comment came across as very ableist of you. Yeah. You know, and And then depending on, I guess, how they respond at that point, it's like,
1: you know, Hey, that thing, that joke you made, I know you're trying to, I know you were trying to make a joke. But it was ableist. I mean, the, the biggest example in right now that I can think about is Mitch McConnell's been made fun of recently for
6: mm-hmm.
1: freezing up during his press conferences. Look, I think the man is abhorrent. I mm. think his policies <laughs> are
5: <laughs> really gross. Yep.
1: And I don't think he should be doing that. But to to make fun of solely whatever, whatever medical issue he's going through mm-hmm. and then say, well, he's a bad person, so that's okay. No, it isn't okay. Like, he's he's not, not going to see your tweets about it, right. but I will.
0: That's a good point. Yeah. And I think, you know, that goes that goes into a lot of different areas of, you know, internet trolling and things like that. But the people you're making yeah. fun of aren't seeing it, but the people that maybe are in the in, in a in the similar, com, you know, thing in that community that they're the ones that see it, the people that you quote unquote care about your loved ones, your your yeah. community. They're the ones seeing it, and they're seeing you being a dick. And yeah, <laughs> you know, basically. like based on somebody's you know ailment or or whatever they're dealing with. Like th- that's fucked. You don't have to like his policies. As a matter of fact, you know, it's it's just the you things he says. Like policies, if you're a human. <laughs> but I mean,
1: other than that, like he, you know, and I when he froze up a few weeks ago, he saw so many memes, and I did so many tweets about it, being like, guys, can we just not make fun of his medical issue, please. Make fun yeah. of everything else, no problem. <laughs> right. his, his terrible issue. policies,
2: right. the stupid yeah. things he says, but he's having a problem right now.
1: No, it's such a, I mean, you know, and this this conversation we're having right now where, I'm, where it's open and we can talk about it, I don't think we're doing that enough in disability activism. I think that, you know, it's very black and white, and I think there's nuance, and I think people need to be kind of given... A gentle push into why does disability make you uncomfortable? Let's talk mm-hmm. about that. Yeah. Why, where does that come from? That's ableism. But it doesn't mean that you're a bad person. It just means you need the experience to grow. Right. Mm-hmm.
2: They're afraid of something they don't know and they don't understand. And that lack of understanding is causing that fear. And if we can open it, like you said, to more understanding and more experiences, I think they're just going to become
0: allies and coming and for my for my own story and from what it sounds like everyone matt included that was you know talking exposure is just is huge Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know we we just don't uh you know when when we started talking about this episode tonight i i asked matt like hey do you have any friends with disabilities that might be interested in being and we're both like racking our brain going my God, I don't think I do. You know, besides, you know, a couple of people I reached out at one point, but I'm like, well, that's kind of a problem, <laughs> you know, not because I'm trying to be a- a exclusive or anything, but, you know, exposure to and interacting with in a positive light and and all that. I mean, that's huge. That's huge. And yeah. and, and the more I think we can do that and and, you know, the world of podcasting is something that mm-hmm. is available to anybody, and you know it's it's might be a small piece, but it has potential for a long reach. And so, I agree with you. I think that that these type of things, these kind of conversations, uh, can go a long way in exposing people to all different aspects. And that's why from from episode one of our show, you know, and the reason we pick the crew that we pick and, and everything is because we want people from all the different walks of life and and be able to experience things from people's viewpoints and and just learn how to have an open mind and, and be kind to each other, which is how I end every single show. And so that's, yeah, I, I think this is wonderful. So thank you. And uh, on the final piece from the documentary, a few of them meet up in a dirt field that was once called Camp Gen Ed. Uh, a camp that was opened in 1951, but was shut down in 1977 because of financial difficulties. They go there and talk about how they they want to get out of their wheelchairs and kiss the hallowed ground that started the revolution. It was a beautiful ending. It was um, I know I know Judy was there and a couple other people, and um, I just thought it ended really well. Again, like I said, it, they sort of packed a lot of information into the last. 20 minutes or so, but then they ended back at Camp Gen Ed, and uh, I thought it, it ended very beautifully. How did we feel after the credits roll? Katie, let's start with you.
2: It's such a roller coaster um, from the highest of highs when they're at Camp Gen Ed to the lows of being in the statehouse and trying to get a hold of someone and mm-hmm. watching them suffer and going around in the U-Haul. She made a joke about it, but... My God, mm-hmm. that is so tragic to be yeah. put in a U-Haul on a wheelchair and then watch them come down. It was,
0: but it was ingenious and and uh, 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 resourceful, right? You know, which right. was which was to me, to me, I kind of and just just to kind of commiserate there. I kind of celebrated when they found that they're like, you know what, you might not we be worked around it. You might not be offering me public transportation, but we're gonna find a way to fucking get there. Of course, you know. But I agree with you that that it was sad to have to, to watch that that was, you know, going on. So.
2: I like that the ending we had, the ADA being passed, because I know that when I went to school as a kid, you know, we saw the ramps, we saw mm-hmm. the elevators, we saw the lifts, we saw the handicap mm-hmm. button with the wheelchair. So I knew that it existed for, for millennials, mm-hmm. but I knew that um, at least until the 70s, it didn't exist. My grandma lived on the third floor of this apartment building with the steepest stairs. And because it was built before 1972, they didn't have to put an elevator in. Mm-hmm. And she couldn't afford to move. And so she would, at 75, would walk up three flights of stairs <laughs> with her groceries. And so wow. that had always been a part of my life, watching grandma do that and not understanding why they didn't have to put an elevator in. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, so watching it and having that fulfillment of the ADA just at least starting to make change was fulfilling, but it just felt like there's so much left to Mm -hmm. do at the end.
0: Yep. James, how about you, man? Credits roll. What's going on in that big brown heart of yours?
3: (laughs) Well, it started off with the kids with the disabilities acting just like anybody else in this world. And at the end of the credits, it ended the same way. They were acting just like anybody. They had kids. Yep. They had a lot of things going on just like anybody else in the world. So I like it. I like that. I like the point. We know they all have disabilities, but we also know they're all humans from the beginning to the end. Yep. And that's what I like about that.
0: Yeah, for sure. Andrew, you watched this four times. <laughs> four times. Was it a different feeling I- every time it ended or was it a similar... You
1: know- it's hard to see when they some of them passed away Uh, some of them aren't around anymore mm -hmm. and it's hard to see that because like those people changed the world Mm -hmm. they you know and, and and again those people were not like the the lead of that documentary obviously we followed judy's story right but they you know they started this thing that i think it was uh, it was hard to, to know. Like, oh, you're not around anymore. Mm-hmm. Like and knowing that Judy just passed a few months ago. Yeah, like it's hard to know that all this like crypt knowledge and all this crypt power is gone in the world, and and you right. know people don't know that it's there because they might not watch the documentary. Mm-hmm. So to know that these great minds are gonna just go, that was hard. But I think again, I wanted like two hours of them just at camp. <laughs>
2: yeah, I yeah same. It, to- it was beautiful.
0: Yeah. 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 I think, I think, um, I agree with you. Um, is, is there, I know there is, but who, and not to put you on the spot here, but who are the, who are the next big names in, oh, yeah. in, uh, crip power? Obviously me, no. Um <laughs> bes- Besides Andrew Gerza. Yeah.
1: Um, no. Number one. Uh, but you know, there's, I mean, there's so many different people who are doing great work. Mm-hmm. I think of, Emily Lidao, who does stuff around um, access, but also being Jewish and disabled, like like me. Oh, I think, um, I, think I follow think, her. Yeah, she's fantastic. I think of um, Alice Wong does yeah. great stuff around being Asian and disabled. Mm-hmm. Um, there's so many different levels of disability that that, and I, I think also the movie doesn't focus on like intellectual disability so much. Right, I'd right. love to see that in like too. Crip camp too, show that those communities as well because they weren't really focused on all but there's so many different actors doing great work i love seeing um ryan o'connell's doing stuff in hollywood around disability mm-hmm. like there's so many cool people doing great stuff
0: yeah and you know when you when you talked about the um I don't remember how you worded it, but not physically disabled, but more, you know, mentally disabled and, and things like that. Intellectually, yeah. Intellectually, yeah. Um, that's such a – that that's got to be such a a, a difficult – because it might be more difficult for them to advocate for themselves. Yeah. And, you know, where, where Judy and the lot were able to speak very clearly and, you know – in intelligently and uh and get that uh, and articulate in a way that you know had to be listened to these folks with intellectual disabilities they might not have the same uh might not be able to articulate in the same way and that's got to be something because then there's one more thing you're relying on other people to do and that's got to be frustrating for, for everyone involved, too.
1: I'm very privileged that I can speak. and I mean, I have my right. intellectual faculties are there. If I couldn't communicate the same way, mm-hmm. like it would terrify me to think someone else has to say what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. What if they get it wrong? What if they say the wrong
3: thing? What if mm-hmm. they lie? What if they're, like, that's mm-hmm. or if they misunderstood
0: so, what I was trying to say? Yeah. Yeah. Yep.
3: You say, in a way, their, their disability actually was a help to them if you think about it, because when they were surrounding Carter's house and the police was called, they drove up there ready to take them out. And they said it was all handicapped people. We just going to stay across the street and not bother them. Mm -hmm. You know, we're going to leave them alone. You know, we're not going to go up into the federal house and rip all these handicapped people out. How would that look? Right. You know, so in a way that was a plus to them also.
1: I mean, but they, they have done it. Like they had, during covid there was a protest for something I think for covid and people went to some center office to just help people and they were dragged out by cops yeah mm.
0: so they happened. don't have that fear anymore <laughs> any any of that fear that was there in the 70s is probably gone now but okay anything else we want to get into before we get into our ratings we're we're over our normal normal run time but I'm okay with that All right. Finally, we've come to the time in our show where we need to rate this documentary with an official documentary rating. Each crew member scores the documentary on a scale of one to 10 items with one being as bad as an uncontrolled case of camp crabs and 10 being as good as a summer camp makeout session. Um, although to them, I guess the uncontrolled camp crabs weren't that bad, but, um, because it meant something good for them. But anyway, I don't think any of them really wanted the crabs; they just wanted the sex. But anyway, um, the item that is used for scoring each week changes depending on the content of the documentary that they watch. And this week, we will be using popcorn and power chairs. Uh, if <laughs> if you are unfamiliar with uh, with our friend Andrew's podcast called Disability After Dark, he has a segment called Popcorn and Power Chairs, so that is what we are using as our rating item so let's start with our guest andrew how many popcorn and power chairs for Crip camp a disability revolution
1: i gotta give it a nine
0: a nine okay excellent you wanna you want to go into that at all why you scored at that or just nine bye just straight up nine (laughs) okay (laughs) perfect (laughs) katie how about you how many popcorn and power chairs Solid ten. Solid ten. This is the best documentary, or at least on par Absolutely. with that you've ever seen.
3: Absolutely.
0: Very good, uh, James.
3: I gave it nine.
0: Nine power nine. chairs and nine, nine full bags of popcorn. Nine full <laughs> bags of popcorn. <laughs> I know you love your popcorn too. I do.
3: I got something at home waiting for me right <laughs> now. <laughs> uh,
0: very good. I gave this eight popcorn and power chairs, which you know it's not unusual for me to be the low number, uh, but I thought I was I was giving it a pretty good one. But uh, not really. Besides the just kind of wanting a little bit more. I mean, that's the only reason that that it uh, came, you know, down from anything less than that. But still very good. So after averaging everyone's scores, Matt, I'm sorry, man. Without without the microphone, you don't get a vote. So <laughs> after averaging everyone's scores, the official documentary rating for Crip Camp: A Disability Revolution is nine popcorn and power chairs. I want to thank all of our listeners for joining us on this incredible episode and a very, very special thank you to Andrew Gerza of Disability After Dark Yay. for joining us Yay. and hanging out, <laughs> dropping some knowledge on us, of course. Andrew, plug all your stuff, buddy. Yes.
1: All right, man. Uh, you can follow my work at andrewgerza.com. You can follow my weekly podcast, Disability After Dark, wherever you, do the, wherever you listen to stuff, please rate it five stars because... You know it helps the show. It yes, does. Uh, <laughs> you can follow my Twitter and Instagram, AndrewGerza6. What's Twitter?
6: I, <laughs>
1: I mean, oh yeah, right X. Right, X. Whatever. <laughs> follow me on X or please. It's, we all know it's Twitter.
0: What? Um, <laughs> What's bumping?
1: Oh yeah, bumping. Bumping is my sex toy company mm-hmm. formed by disabled folks. We have created yeah. the first the first sex toy forum by disabled folks called bumpin joystick Mm -hmm. if you go to my website there's a link to bump in there um and you can see our new toy the joystick which is available for pre-order now that's awesome
0: uh i will have a link to all your stuff uh on our show notes so if our listeners want to want to look there they will have a direct link to your stuff if you are okay with that um Thanks again, man. This has been a real pleasure. I hope maybe we can cover your po- or your documentary and have you back again if you're interested. Um,
1: I, I, I had a lot of fun. It was so nice to just good. hang out. Good. I would love to, and I'd love to invite all any of you on Disability After Dark if you want to. Uh, Don't do say a it offer. unless you
0: mean it, man, because I'd <laughs> I mean, love to do man. that. I would love <laughs> to do that.
1: T- let's let me know. We'll do one. We'll watch another movie. Let's do it. <laughs> all
0: right, cool. Um, as always, thanks to my crew here, Matt over there in the in the silent chair. Say, so, cool. say something loud
2: thank you thank <laughs> say, you. say, say your,
0: your tagline
2: be a kind
6: human
0: be a good be human, human. alright Katie you're the best thanks for being <laughs> oh, here thank you <laughs> King James hey. you guys are the best I appreciate you all every single day uh, let's talk about next week's episode for next week let's hear a quote I'm going to give a quote from Lakota war leader Crazy Horse the Red Nation shall rise again and it shall be a blessing for a sick world, a world filled with broken promises, selfishness and separations, a world a world longing for light again. To celebrate Thanksgiving, we will be following the attempts by Native Americans to reclaim the foodways of their ancestors in a 2020 documentary titled Gather. Have anyone seen Gather or heard of Gather? No. No. Andrew, no, I haven't. It sounds like something I should probably watch though. Yeah, it looks it looks pretty cool. Um, so, if everyone go out and check out the documentary Gather, it can be found on Netflix. Check it out before our next episode. As I said at the beginning, go rate and review our podcast. Give us some some subscriptions and some love. And
2: some stars.
0: If you've been listening this long and you know this is something new we started to do on our show, go to our social media or our YouTube and Andrew, I'm going to put you on the spot. I I need you to pick of the pick the sexiest word you can think of for a sh- for our guests to comment. Uh, I don't think I can. Yes, I don't you think, can. Uh, this is explicit. Uh, uh, wow,
1: cock. Ooh, love it. <laughs> All
0: right, so go to our YouTube or to our one of our social medias and put cock. It, and you will just, just
2: the word, though. Just, yeah. no photos, nothing <laughs> no, extra. Nothing, yeah, if yeah. I
0: if I get an unsolicited dick pic, I am I am going to. We take report. photographic yeah.
2: liberties <laughs> to decorate it as we see fit. Rainbows <laughs> yeah. and Vladimir Putin, people.
0: I don't get the the reference, but I got gotcha. you. He's gonna write it. Oh, oh, okay. Uh, anyway, you'll get a shout out on our on one of our future episodes if you put cock in our.
2: <laughs> in our comments. <laughs> this is gonna be good.
0: Oh my god, that's funny. Alright, so join us as we observe the fight to revitalize <laughs> so the native foodways one documentary on a time at a time on behalf of Andrew Gerza, Lady Katie, Maddie Boom Blattie, King James himself, DJ in that post-production booth, and Matt in that post-production booth now. Uh in the entire documentary family, I'm your host, Jeff Kalaski and I want to thank you all for listening. I hope you keep your minds open and be kind to each other. Everybody say bye. 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 Bye.